0: everybody, Chris Truder here, leading communications and medical device expert in Japan. Welcome to episode five of my podcast, Getting Certified to Teach English to Medical Device Companies. Today, I'm very excited to interview a friend of mine, Managing Director and CEO of Foxmark Incorporated, Phil Foxwell. So without further ado, let me jump into the podcast interview. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to interview a good friend of mine, Phil Foxwell. He is the managing director and CEO of Foxmark Incorporated, which was founded here in Japan in the early 90s. Phil is an avid outdoorsman as well, where he races jet skis at the Akigase Dam near Tokyo.
1: It's such a pleasure to speak with you today. Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to join you, Chris. Uh, glad to talk about these kinds of things. Great.
0: Well, you know, I was looking at your your profile. So you started Foxmark in early nineteen nineties. But before that, you were. It looks like you were working with a corporate job. So I was wondering what what motivated you to leave the corporate world and and go
1: out and start your own business. Yeah, you know, it sounds like I'm an old guy, but I actually, I started as a young child, practically, <laughs> uh, with a, uh, a pretty major corporation in Chicago that was at the time. They called themselves the world's number one um, uh, hospital management company, uh, Service Master. And, um, you know, they were on the front page of Fortune magazine, et cetera, et cetera. And especially going into the, you know, from the late 80s into the early 90s, they bought, I think, seven major companies. And so even though we had started the original hospital management um, division here in Japan, Uh, We then went on to start uh, the rest of those other seven companies. Uh, I think we actually started 11 different companies in Japan. Wow. And five other Asian countries and then Australia. So that was my business school. And I I call it my 20 years of work during 10 years because, you know, it was pretty much two shifts, if not three. (laughs) So you're already connected with Japan from Chicago. Yes, they sent me over after uh, just a couple of years there uh, being a department manager in a hospital um, because I had some Japan background. They very reluctantly sent me because I was a young guy with very little experience still. (laughs) And we had a team of three of us uh, from the States and three um, Japanese guys. And that's how we launched the, the Healthcare Jigyobu. Uh, at Kaukita Hospital and then St. Luke's and To and uh, GK Dai, et cetera, et cetera yep. so, so was that Foxmark or was this a, oh, no, a spinoff, spin so off or how did that, that start? That was my you know ten years of I call it business school, okay, and that morphed into really uh, we had finished launching all of the businesses. they had recalled me back to Chicago uh, actually crazily enough after all of that then you know, I'd, I'd had a huge amount of experience in a very short time and it was in vogue back then to call divisional leaders, CEO. So they're going to make a CEO of international position. Okay. A great career move. And I would have made lots of money and um, probably should have done that, but I didn't. <laughs> I had more fun. So I stayed here. Yeah, But so what,
0: what motivated you? I mean, what was the deciding factor to start Fox Mart. Yeah.
1: You know, that's a, it's a really good question and I don't have a great answer. I mean, I know I was always kind of inspired to do new things and I was able to do, start new businesses within one company, but within a, within a Chicago corporation. Um, but, uh, but I thought it'd be an exciting thing, but I honestly, from the heart, I had four tiny little kids. And um, in fact, they were, Four under the age of six, I think, or at least under the age of seven. So, like, real tiny, and I had very high rent payment, and that was probably the biggest motivation and pressure to you know get out there. And I had to really start becoming earning the rent uh, after I I uh, left my company.
0: Well, there's that saying, "Necessity is the mother of invention." That, that... <laughs> <laughs> spurred me on. poor little mouths to feed. Yeah. Well, let me ask you because. Uh, um, when you first started, because I've, I've talked to you about this before, can you share like your struggles in the beginning? I mean, were you, what did you struggle with? And did you ever think about giving up and just going
1: back to the corporate world and getting a job? Yeah, I think my colleagues back in, in Chicago, every single one of them, 100% assumed I'd come slinking back, you know, at the end <laughs> of the year, uh, begging for Anything and 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 I hope they would have welcomed me back in. We we had a very cordial parting, uh, and they've been uh, many of them have been a part of my life ever since. So that was all good. Um, there were plenty of struggles, and I would suggest that you you don't step into this unless you've got a fair amount of tenacity, mm. have a large measure of passion, um, that you really obviously have the enthusiasm that you. Uh, have really defined an industry niche that you believe you can really make a difference in that you can bring a uh, an added value to, and I think that's quite important. Um, yeah, there was tough times, and uh, early on, uh, some of the things that are most important to me, like I, I just simply couldn't work by myself. Uh, sure. I, I knew that. I'm a, I'm a real people person. And, uh, and that's not the case for many people. There's many, you know, one man, one woman consultants, and they do very well. Um, So that's not a commentary on what's best. You you know, you need to know yourself. Mm -hmm. But I really sought uh, not only versatility and depth, but camaraderie and accountability. And so another big motivating factor was to make enough money to bring on another couple of people. So uh, okay. again, whether those were good sound principles for growing a business or not could be a big question mark, but they certainly motivated me and I worked very hard uh, to, to grow the business quickly so that I would have further versatility, backup, camaraderie, accountability, sure. just the whole, you know, teamwork.
0: Well, I like how you said accountability because that's one thing I teach in my, my courses is that even if you're a sole a sole entrepreneur, you need a business coach or someone that's going to hold you accountable or, you know, push you because, you know, the struggle when I started my business, I almost gave up, but I had people pushing me and saying, you can do this. So is that what kept you going? Because you had these struggles, but what prevented you from giving up? And going yeah, back yeah, to the
1: corporate world. You know, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of good things. I have a lot of good people in my life. I'm really yeah. blessed that way. I think w- what I did early on when I launched, uh, this Japanese, it's a regular KK Japanese corporation. And now it's three Japanese companies. Wow. Affiliates in America. But, um, when I did that, I did a, uh, uh, kind of as a joke, uh, with their agreement, I made my three brother-in-laws, uh, Directors, regular okay. <laughs> in Japan, even though they are very different than me. Um, One, well, there, I have three sisters, three older sisters, and one of my brother-in-laws is a commodities trader. One was a college professor, and one was a lawyer. He had his own law firm turned into a cinemaplex. I think this. Last couple of years, he's the chairman of the American what, Theater Association or something like that. Okay. Uh, all having a tough year. <laughs> but, but yeah, there. Uh so uh, and, and they're three wise men and they really do care about me. So even though they didn't get a dime, <laughs> I mean, they got they got uh, stock shares. Stock. Yeah. yeah. But uh, obviously I told them there was not going to be any money very uh, early <laughs> years, but they really did. Ask good questions. Okay. They advise me. They encourage me. And and on top of that, I had you know my family. Uh, wow. I have a great family, including those brother-in-law sisters. Uh, a growing number of colleagues, uh, and I'm my faith. You know, I, I I'm yeah. trusting God, and and that's been a real uh, important thing to me. And and really believe that this is where God would have me to be with this particular people group that I meet with, and all of that. So those were really the those were the things that. Uh, kept me going, uh, kept me steady, um, and and kept focused. Uh, But I will say that is not to say that um, entrepreneurial um, business building is not for the faint of heart. Uh, You really do, uh, I have not found (laughs) anyone so far that just jumped in, made that magic app, and became a billionaire. I mean, it takes a lot of hard work. And I'm talking two shifts You know, I, I, uh, back then, you know, we didn't have email was not as prevalent. It was just getting going. And so many more phone calls actually, and not zoom calls or, you know, team meets or Webex or anything like that. I mean, it was the old regular landline phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so every night I was talking on the phone till late at night. Um, and it was tough. I had to really, really work hard and I, and I believe it's very important to work very hard on your whole work-life balance. And, yeah. you know, I had great kids, wonderful wife uh, who worked at the American school. And that was something that was important to me to keep that in balance, even as I was working pretty hard. So I had a fairly short sleep times, <laughs> but it, it all worked out.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, cause a lot of, I've, I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs that they can get overwhelmed and feel isolated and feel like they have to do everything on their own, but it sounds like you had a really good support team and were able to, did you uh, delegate people or was this again, out of necessity? Did you learn how, you know, did you ever feel alone? Like
1: kind of a three yeah. questions in one. <laughs> no, that's a, good, that's a good, that's a good question. I think that's a, for me, it's a lifetime ongoing thing and I okay. can learn about that. But, um, delegation is important when you're, when you're small and you're, you know, you're struggling for survival, so to speak, to, to <laughs> build the business, you, you just jump in and do stuff yeah. before you delegate. And that, that can be detrimental. That doesn't help sure. your, you know, your, your teammates very much. So you have to ask, actually risk a little bit and trusting in them and really allocating certain parts of the business to them. Yeah. And, and and rolling with it, and to this day we always say around the table, uh, you know, we have titles, you know. So I have CEO MD title, but it's it's really for the outside world. Inside, we're all pretty much the same. Yeah. Say, whoever has their hand on the pulse, whoever's closest to a particular business issue or opportunity they're working on, gets the biggest voice around the table when we're working on things and mm-hmm. and. They- and drawing conclusions and making decisions. So um, I think that's something that if you if, if you drift along, you won't put the effort in. You really yeah. do need to, just as much as putting together seed capital, getting investors and all of that, you need to have at least an advisory board, at least sure. you have a drink with every so often, <laughs> and they really ride you you know, with true accountability, asking tough questions. Yeah and making sure that you're staying healthy and really, you know, <laughs> encouraged and, and, and staying online. So yes, I would really, whether you have the paid type of teammates up front, you know, before the business can handle that, have some <laughs> unpaid ones, yeah. uh, whether they're directors, shareholders, or just simply friends yeah. or family, but make sure that it really is, they have vested interest and they really are walking alongside of you. That's great advice. And I, you know, most of my listeners are English
0: teachers in Japan. Many of them are thinking about, you know, leaving the big schools, starting their own companies. What advice would you give them about they're thinking about, you know, leaving the big English schools and starting their own English teaching businesses in Japan?
1: Well, this is the thing that, um, Trudor Sensei can probably give you a whole (laughs) lot of wisdom on, but this is what I would say Always plan for you know getting hit by the bus and being laid up for a month or something, right? Yeah, and all that is to say, look for annuities, look for recurring revenue, find anything. You know, if it's a thousand yen a month, find something that will contend that you've you've already distributed the value and you're getting a little bit of income back month to month. Okay, so that you don't set out every week and every month of your life saying, okay if I produce this month, I'll bring in X. Uh, Even if that's, you know, your main thing is teaching. Of course, you put in the hours, you get the income. But also seek along in there some special, whether you're selling, teaching materials, uh, or whatever it is, or you have recorded sessions. uh, But somehow or other, that there is some value that you're building that can also, at least potentially, give you an income stream that you're you don't have to be live and present at in order to receive. So I think that's one thing. I think another thing is okay. that you you really need to be thick-skinned. Yeah. Uh, not everyone's going to like you. Um, uh, certainly, you know, not everyone's going to see things from your point of view, and you you may have some you know a little bit of confusion, certainly misunderstanding and so on. And I would say. Uh, be uh, um, uh, certainly be committed to the task and try and see things through whether you're setting up new contracts with students or whatever it is but but get you know don't get so serious about yourself (laughs) totally drawn into some kind of a uh, strife just pull back and move on if you find people that are not cooperative to work with don't get dug in so deep that you wake up six months later and realize all you did was wear yourself out and you really didn't grow your business. Just pull back and move on. Um, And I think, you know, um, also learn to adjust course. My CEO back years ago, uh, Bill Pollard, say, you know, be like a crab, be able to move sideways quickly if you need to (laughs) (laughs) So move forward as much as you can. But if you need to, you know, quick left, quick right, uh, uh, be able to shift if you need to, uh, to really keep on track or to get onto a better track.
0: Yeah, especially this 2020 with the COVID-19, a lot of people and businesses have had to
1: pivot yes. and those who can't move like a crab are, are being left behind, right? <laughs> I sent out a, um, uh, a long memo to our whole company, April 1st, sitting at home. Okay, and I said, uh, we start our, our, our new fiscal year, April 1st, um, and, and going to be 29 years. Can't believe it. And I said, uh, today we're a startup company.
0: Well, interesting.
1: We're a startup company. I said, now, we're a startup company because we're going to reinvent a lot of things. Yeah. Undoubtedly, over these next few months of this tunnel we're in. Uh, but I said, let's think about all the good stuff. We have an amazing team in place. We even have some income. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we have devoted uh, clients and customers. So I was listing up all the things that we have, but just trying to throw out there with a little humor, let's continue to reinvent ourselves, to be creative, to bring, you know, further perceived value and real value. Um, and, uh, and I think that's something that this year has really, it's been a huge pressure, but it's also, Driven us towards new opportunities and so on because of that
0: yeah, I like what you said about being thick skinned but also having fun, being passionate yep. Yep. flexible adaptable, yeah creative those are all great things now you've given us so much advice, and i you know Phil, I want to give you a chance to before we close out here uh to share your business what what do you do uh, you know <laughs> maybe there some listeners may uh Find some interest
1: in what you do. So the elevator, you know, the the five (laughs) second thing is we're market entry consulting. Okay. But very quick to say, there's nothing wrong with the consulting word, but for a lot of bigger companies, you know, and and our main clientele are regular, almost boring, pretty major, uh, uh, mostly North American companies. Okay. um, Who want to come to Japan who want to who want to come to Japan or they've been in Japan 20, 30 okay. years and either they plateaued or the wheels have come off and they really re- need to restructure their business. Okay, um, and we've restructured a number of businesses, uh, and some of them we started new and probably I've never added exactly, but I would say close to half of our business is not in Japan, but it's with Japan. So like we have a pretty big segment, okay. of auto industry and industrial. And, um, most all of that business is with, you know, the OEMs, Toyota Honda, Nissan, the tiers, um, and many of the meetings, like the guys just came in from a meeting this morning, face to face with the truck, a uh, very good meeting. And that meeting was all about a, a plant that's being built in West Virginia. So it's a, okay. you know, it's a $30 million deal and, um, man, really hope we get it, but we're working hard on that. Uh, so that's meetings here in Japan. Uh, and, and then, uh, I think Monday they were down at Yamaha and Hamamatsu face-to-face meeting. We're finally having some of these and we're working on global, uh, Yamaha corporate blue, uh, changing their color after 16 years, uh, to buy the paint from PPG. That's probably top secret, but maybe, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and hasn't been decided yet. So, um, uh, our business is really to create new segments of business for other major companies uh, and or to grow uh, a certain business that we launched, like uh, also this crazy corona year, we have structured you know we started in, in January, we structured a new kK and launched a um, Japan company for a pretty major insurance group uh, headquartered in the U.S. that's in about 60, 70 countries. The oh, wow. So, uh, that was creating a new Japanese company, but that'll be tied into Japan Inc. you know, around the world. Uh, container falls off a ship somewhere, and but it's a Japanese, you know, Mitsui OSK lines or something, um, you know, how all that ties together. So our business, some of it is, and we have food and beverage is a key part. Uh, yeah. health care and medical uh, technology, uh, some insurance, a large measure of auto and industrial. And, uh, and I said, food and beverage, including yeah. restaurants. So imagine yeah, yeah. How that was going, <laughs> we had a, like a toast of, wow, we got up to 60% again, a uh, week before the last, you know, after going down to zero. So, yeah. so that's, yeah, our businesses uh, in uh, several different industries And there's a few miscellaneous. I mean, we do some apparel and so on and so forth. But those are the main ones. Um, And uh, most of the meetings take place in Japan. But up until this year, someone is, you know, usually a couple of people or more are in the U.S. every week, uh, in China every week, across Asia. So we're always traveling. And the good thing is many of our clients, well, all of them come to Japan to join meetings almost every week, too. So, um, it's a very hands-on and our, and our byline is strategic partners. So, sure, and if we're just in an elevator and only have one sec, they say, they say, who are you or what are you? I say, I'm a relational engineer. <laughs> I build relationships yeah. between people. That's it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. In spite
0: of, you know, coronavirus sounds like you guys are really thriving. Yeah. It probably sounded better than it really is. Yeah. <laughs> We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. That's awesome. Well, Phil, thank you so much. It was, it was great talking with you. I look forward to uh, hopefully maybe going out with you for a coffee or a beer in Good. the near future and uh, catching up with you some more about your business. Great.
1: Very welcome. And, and the best of luck to all of you. It's, a, it's an elite place out there. I assume you're passionate and enthusiastic and, and that'll, keep you, that'll drive you to a certain extent. But you got to have a little bit of essence there, too. And I'm sure you're working on that. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Okay. Thank you.